Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. What is up, Luca Nation? You know, I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl, got some time to eat some delicious, kind of not-so-healthy food. I had pizza here yesterday. Uh, and just enjoy the Super Bowl weekend. And with that, I want to welcome you guys back to another episode of Luca's Tigers and Bronzo Mai. And I have a little something prepared this morning. So one of my favorite things just right off the bat is to learn. I'm very curious by nature and I love learning things. I like taking classes. Uh, Cage even knows I'm a, I've been taking dance class for a long time. And he's like, what are you doing? Why dance? But <laughs> I truthfully believe that uh, learning new things you don't always know the transferable skills that come from them, but I believe that there are a lot of transferable skills. And with that, I'm taking a penny stock trading class right now. Not necessarily to become a penny trader or a penny stock trader, it's to learn, right? Because I think a lot of the patterns we see with penny stocks are patterns we see with cards. This and explains a lot, by the way. Tell Why you tell me I should be buying Bruno Fernando and Chumo Kiki? <laughs> yeah, I get it because you're 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 into the penny stocks now. I'm, I'm well, before I get into what I prepared, what, was Jokic <clears throat> a penny stock in early August? No, not a penny stock. I mean, it depends what you consider cards like penny stocks. I mean, exactly. I guess you could, you know you can consider it a value stock. Sure, definitely. Um, you know, penny stocks I think are ones that you you should go into expecting to lose all your money, and if you happen to hit a home run, <laughs> then great. The way I define penny stocks are stocks that have a lot of volatility. They have a lot of upside and a lot of downside. But I want to read to people some personal requirements. And I think these are really going to help people. So discipline, emotional stability, balanced level of self-confidence. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Strong sense of determination, conviction, belief in your strategy. And that comes from preparation. And here are my favorites acceptance of being wrong the ability to accept losses and forget about them and those last two i think are so important and those are ones that i wanted to share with our community because if you're trading cards if you're buying and selling cards no one here is going to go 100 and 0 it's just not a, it's not a reality and being able to accept when you're wrong cut your losses quickly and move on to the next play i think is a huge huge value add and it's something that i've learned a lot from 20 to 30. And I think it's really helped me with that experience. And with that being said, Cage, there's a reason why I brought all that up is today's our star stock episode. Yep. And that's a day trading platform. That's a penny trading pl- uh, platform. <laughs> Most literally, like you could get some cards there for pennies. And how important is that when you make a, a, a play on a guy that you think is going to be the next big thing, he's going to take off and then he doesn't. And you're holding and holding and holding, hoping and praying. And, you know, they say hope's not a strategy, right? Yep. How important is that to cut your losses and move on and find the next, as Darren, our guest from Saturday says, our next opportunity to chase alpha. So with that, Cage, I wanted to prepare a little something. I could go into more depth about that, but I'm going to do that offline. People could send me a DM and we could talk about it. But I'm really excited. I'm really excited to go through this course uh, and share with you guys some of the things that I'm learning. Nice. Well, the dancing paid off. You just have to have a good dance partner, which is why this thing we got going on works so well. You know, you let me lead. 
I step on your feet every now and again. But, you know, we roll with it. So I can't wait to see what the penny stock classes bring into the equation here. Um, I think the folks at Starstock would tell you that they're probably more than a uh, penny stock trading kind of thing. I mean, that's definitely part of it. Like any market has a different way of doing stuff, right? But I think they would probably tell you that, they, you know, they want you buying high-grade stuff there too. They want you buying graded stuff. They want you grading cards. They want you buying, you know, their Starstock A's and grading with them. I think, you know, the, the platform will evolve into, you know, um, you know, a one-stop shop, right? You, you know, if that's what you're into, you'll probably be able to find bargains there. But yes, you're right. I mean, day trading is probably the better way of putting it. But, but they're, they're kissing cousins. They're tied together in a lot of ways because if you think about it, Gavin Lux, isn't he a penny stock still? You don't know what you're going to get out of him. He could blow yeah. up and be huge, but he could also not even crack the, the starting lineup. So we, we don't think about it because we're still thinking about it in terms of actually being a penny. But I think what a penny stock really is, is high risk, high reward. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, I get that. So give me an example. Talk me through it in star stock. You know, give me an example. It doesn't have to be someone you're buying, whatever it is, but, you know, you know tell me somebody, you know, who, or, or, or walk through for the folks listening, you know, how they would go about doing it. Right. You don't have to give me a specific example. Is it, you know, get on star stock, compare the prices on there to eBay, do a little research on, you know, let's just use baseball, right? Because football's over now, basketball is doing its thing, but, you know, baseball, you know, do, do you go on and, and, and grab some beat reporters, you know, stocks is white pages, right? You know, there's, there's all kinds of stuff on it, right? So, so, so you grab a, a team, do you become like, a, I'm going to grab five teams. It's the Tampa Bay Rays, Dodgers, you know, some big market teams, maybe Boston, the Yankees. I find the beat writers. I find the guys who are writing about who's getting an invite to spring training, who has a chance to, you know, make it into the big league roster, who's got a chance to actually make an impact this year. And that's your research the same way you would with a, um, you know, let's call it a pharmaceutical stock, a pharmaceutical penny that's got a pipeline of drugs that maybe one of the 10 will pay off. Is that kind of what you're talking about? So, uh, it's, it's funny. It's funny in penny stocks. One of the, one of the first rules is uh, buy the hype, sell the news. So, but before we do that, one of the things I really liked is build daily or weekly watch lists. So I would create watch lists of players that could potentially be buys, right? Vlad Guerrero, the Gavin Lux, guys that, you know, haven't had good years in the past, but have a lot of potential in the future and create a watch list. I think that's a big first step. And second, I would monitor those players' market behavior. You know, what happens to the Gavin Lux market, both on eBay and Starstock, when there's talk of him going to crack the lineup, right? Yep. You, and you could go back in history and, and watch this too, right? Because some players, the market reacts the moment that that news is announced. Other players, the news is announced and it's already baked in. The, the, the price of the card doesn't move, right? Right. In other Correct. players the price of the card moves two or three days later. So you can pick up on those trends and patterns. So first I would create a watch list of potential prospects, I guess, players that, you know, you would want to invest in. You're, you're looking and you're trying to understand how their cards run and how they work. Uh, that would be step number one. Uh, and step number two is, yeah, I'd follow some beat writers because let's say you know that there's potential of Gavin Lux being, and I keep using Gavin Lux, but that's just one example. Uh, I don't know his market. Let's say there's potential of him cracking the opening day lineup, right? Well, that's a player you want to get in on early. And as soon as the news is, a, is announced that he's uh, cracking the lineup, I would hold, hold, hold for just a few seconds, so to speak, and then sell. I would sell the hype. Uh, hmm. Buy the hype, sell the news. I apologize. Yeah, I mean, 
listen, by the rumor seller news, we've talked about this on our show also. And it's part of it's, it doesn't have to just be for penny stocks, but it's part of part of, you know, we brought Trevor Bauer. Right. We said, you know, there's, there's going to be all these rumors about what team he's going to go to and buy your cards then and sell it when he signs with the Dodgers. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's rumors that Tatis is going to sign a huge contract. You buy it now and you sell it when he signs that, you know, huge 11 year, $400 million deal or whatever it may be. Um, and, you know, I, I would even you, you talk about Vlad Guerrero. You're buying the rumor of uh, of his weight loss. You know, when he comes out and, you know, he shows that he's. Uh, you know he's healthy sell it you know don't don't hang on to it because you know waiting for him to actually perform during the season believe it or not you know you, you may take a little bit more money you may take a little more profit but to me you know lock in that profit and go it's sort of like if somebody tell me that they bought into a penny stock at like you know six bucks and it goes to 10 or 11 i tell you take the money and don't be mad if it goes to 14 right because you made your money on it right you made your money you hit your number you hit your multiple and be done because you know it could just as easily go back down to eight by the way you have to have some real discipline with penny stock, especially with the volatility. It's not for everyone. It's not for the faint of heart. And I tell you, it's, it's probably not for me because I, one of the things that I'm still learning, and, and you know, I'll probably be learning this the day I climb into my grave, right, is, <laughs> is, is you know, how to deal with the wins, the losses, you know, the, the woulda, coulda, shouldas in the hobby. You know, I got to tell you guys, like, you know, when I was, uh, when I got into this hobby big time and I came in, you know, you know, back again with a vengeance in late 17, early 18, trying to buy, you know, cards, I bought a lot of baseball stuff and it was a stupid move. I passed on a lot of LeBrons. I passed on a lot of stuff. One of the cards that was readily available and yeah, I, you know, it, Tom Brady's SPX, you know, the SP authentic, excuse me, the one that's numbered to 1250. You could get as many of them as you wanted for thirty five hundred to four thousand dollars. I don't know what that card is now. Hundred grand. I have no idea how much that card sells for now. Fifty grand. I don't. I don't know. But PSA 10, 3500 to four thousand dollars. Literally as many of them as you want. At the same time, the Jordan was twenty five grand. So I mean, you know, keep it in. Keep it. But I wake up this morning and I see that card and I see what it's selling for and I'm like, God damn it! I should have bought that. You know, how did I not buy that? I have to not do that, right? Because because mm-hmm. I've had plenty of wins. I've had plenty of wins. I mean, I don't. I told you guys. I bought. I bought a Black Panther uh, 1990 Marvel on like Thanksgiving. I think at Thanksgiving Day, I think I bought it for $299. I sold it the other day for $2,750, two months later. It's absurd. Damn. You know, it's a 10X on a card that, I'm, trust me, the pop's going to grow on because everybody's mm-hmm. got the same idea. But he's opening those packs and sending them to PSA and grading these things. Um, so I can't really, you know, I can't really, I have to get better at that too. With the penny stocks, that would be like a, a every hour thing. I would right. be, my head would explode. Right, because because I'd be like, they oh, close man, on the weekend. They close yeah. on the weekends. They get a little bit of a break, unlike sports cards. Yeah, and, then with, and doing penny stocks with sports cards, forget about it. I'd be like, oh, man, I shouldn't have sold. Or, oh, I should have bought cheaper. Or, oh, I should I mean, you know, it's just – it really is just an amazing thing. I see it myself just with, like, Top Shot. Talk about penny stocks or, or – a 24-7 marketplace. I, I buy a John Morant for, for $58. I see it go down to 56 and I'm like, ah, I pay too much. <laughs> well, then it goes to 62 and I'm like, I should have bought more at 56. I mean, like, it's just, you know. My, can I flip like I said, it on you though? Let's talk about, have you ever gone on tilt? Uh, Do you know what tilt is? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's I mean, when you, tilt is basically when you have loss after loss after loss or bad bet after bad bet after bad bet. And then you start forcing plays, right? You yeah. start buying uh well tilt, by the way do you know where that comes from right do you know what it comes from the tilt you know what it no, is no it isn't so is it one, so uh, like inception the spinning thingy the spinning top and then it's- so 
I believe, and I, I'll, I'll probably be called after this for being wrong, but I believe it is a pinball term. So when people would play pinball machines, yes, people, that was a thing, right? I love PlayStation, so love pinballs. Pinball. So, so if if you're about to lose or the ball's about to go down, you can kind of like you know part of pinball, you kind of hit it with your, you can hit it with your hands, you're supposed to just hit, it, but people hit it with their 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 hips, you know, they kind of like lean into the machine, and you know by lifting it a little bit, it would actually tilt the machine. And move the ball in a way that it's not supposed to be moved. And some machines would actually say tilt. And the thing would shut down. And the ball would automatically go into like the losing, you know, into the, into the, the, the hole. I believe that's where tilt comes from. But I think what you're saying is exactly that, right? Like you, when you go on tilt, it's like, you know, you're, you're on a losing bender. And you're just like, that's it. It's like chasing. After losing five bets, it's like chasing in the Hawaii night game. Yes, you know what I mean? It's like the hell right. It, right? So... Um, you know, I get the term, I get the terminology. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm nervous about that too, because I'm the guy who would go to, you know, the casino when I was in college, the, uh, you know, the reservation casino, the, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the turning stone was called upstate, right? The the Indian ground one before like gambling was allowed. Yes. Yes. And you were, you were able to go 19 years old, you were able to go. So I'm in college, I'm gambling and I said, I got my plan. And I'd bet $25 on the first hand. And if I lost, I'd bet $50 on the next hand. And if I lost, I'd bet $100 on the next hand. If I lost, I'd bet $200 on the next hand. But before you know it, you it's know, I lose direct access to the Federal Reserve. You just print money. I have, I, 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 I lose six hands in a row. And I'm like, am I really going to bet $2,000 on the next hand? Do I even have that? You know, like, yeah, I know what tilt is. I've been there. So, but, but with, but with, uh, with the penny stocks, man, I mean, it's just fast and furious. And I always get the impression that it's all run on algorithms anyway. It's all run on computers that are reacting to you as a retail investor's bet. And when you put your stock in, you make your buy, they're reacting to your buy. And, you know, I, you know those kind of things, especially, you know, the market, the computers and stuff, I always just feel like people like you and me, we're just the, we're the easy money at the poker table. But, but Cage, so I'll, I'll lead it with this concept and I'm going to get into the star stock data. Um, if you can start understanding patterns, you can predict when a stock, you can react to a stock that appreciates 50, 60, 100% uh, on some type of news, depending on the hot sector. The three hot sectors right now are weed stocks, COVID vaccine stocks, and uh, renewable energy. So if it's a hot sector, right? And you're able to react to a return of 50, 60 to 100%, but not capture, you don't need to capture that full return. If you're able to capture 30 to 40% of that move, buy in, sell, that's that's the move. That's the way I understand it. The question becomes, how do you find those plays? But I think, you know, and it's funny, the guy that I'm going to bring you is someone that, you know, I invested in. I could not be more wrong. I'm cutting my losses and that's John Moran. John Morant is the biggest loser, the worst performer. I wouldn't call him a loser because I like Ja a lot. He's the worst performer over the last week with his cards losing 53% of their value on StarStock. And I'll be honest, man, since he's come back, the Grizz haven't looked good. They just lost to the Pelicans. He hasn't been performing. I don't think he scored over 20 points in the last three games. What, what do you make of that? Just the, just the... This is your guy, right? I mean, this is your guy. Fine, this is I'll touch guy, on man. it. 
this is your guy. I mean, you've been saying this is the guy. He's got the best team. You know, he's a killer. He's the one who goes out there and he scores. And, you know, he's the one you want to put your money on. You said he's better investment than, than Zion. You said he's going to be great for years to come. He sells the stat sheet. And, uh, you know, you, you know, you were happy he came back. And, and even if they might have rushed him back from injury, you were thrilled because there was some COVID delays. So he was going to come back definitely healthy and everything was going to be good. I even made some top shot purchases based on my good partner over here saying, Hey, Jaws the guy to Jaws the way to go. So tell me, I mean, to me, what do I think? I think it's a crowded lineup. I think there's a lot, you know, you saw Trey last year. And to me, what's funny is you get a glimpse into the, um, you get a glimpse into like the hobby mentality. Right. And we had an episode a week ago, two weeks ago, where you said winning matters right? Winning matters. I don't know that it does. All right. I think winning a championship sure matters. All right. I think winning a championship sure matters, especially when you are already at that upper echelon of the hobby. You know, you talk about your LeBron's Giannis, we've seen taking a step back, but I think that the hobby guys, the people who invest in this would almost be okay with a guy who has no one on his team and is just killing it, filling the statue like Trey last year versus Trey this year. No expectations, no nothing. When you get expectations of winning and then, you know, then the guy doesn't fill the statue at all. All of a sudden, I think that's part, part of the job thing. I think there was a lot of expectation for John while he's not playing poorly. He's just not playing great. But yes, this is your guy. What do you got? If he was a penny stock, huh? I would argue he's oversold. Okay. He's playing 30 minutes a game, so he's not playing a ton of minutes, which is smart. They're not going to run him into the ground so he's not ready for the playoffs because they're going to make the playoffs out of the West. And he's not performing poorly. He's just – his shot's not falling. He's a guy that he, – he's not a shooter. He really gets most of his buckets in the paint, and then some games his shot's falling better than others. A Russell Westbrook in an early-day comparison is a really strong comparison. And by the way – I think you guys would be curious how well Russell Westbrook's cards would perform in today's day and age if he was averaging triple doubles like he was in his prime during OKC, right? Because Westbrook cards in 2019-20, if he was a rookie, I think they would be doing really well. I think he's actually a bit oversold, Cage. I've watched all their games since he's come back. He hasn't looked good. But at the same time, the Grizz have played some tough teams the last three games. They're on a three-game losing streak. They lost to the Pelicans. Zion looks impressive right now, and that team is rounding into form a bit. But then the Rockets and the Pacers, those are not three easy teams to play. So I think he's a bit oversold. You're on mute. Is it possible that we're talking about like a week-to-week type of thing here? The, yes, it is a week-to-week type of thing. You know what I mean? And, and so I guess what I'm saying here is, you know, last week you were saying, yeah, Zion doesn't look so great. You know, he's doing all right, but he doesn't look so great. And Ja looks impressive. This week it's, you know, you see the numbers. Look, Zion is the most sold on Starstock. I mean, you know, by, by number. And, and Ja is the most decreased in price. So is a lot of this just that next week we could be talking about the exact opposite? So And, and by the way, is there a way to play that? I mean, we talked last week about how Kobe White was down. All right, and I said, hey, I've already made this play twice with Starstock. On the weeks where Kobe White was down, go ahead and buy Kobe White. And the following week, he went up. Last week, he was down. I said, hey, you can go buy Kobe White. Look at that. He's going up. Look at the numbers they gave us from Starstock. Kobe White's on the percent increases. So, I mean, it, you know, are we really just looking at an overreaction culture here? Is that what we have? I mean, do we have a last week we were all high on Ja and down on Zion, and this week we're high on Zion and down on Ja, and, and next week 
I mean, by the way, this this is in line with what you're saying. If what you're saying is Jaws oversold because he's a talent, well, then guess what? Someone who's oversold, you should buy in because that means people are selling them too cheap. And next week, maybe you'll you will have found a bargain. I'm also curious. So, like, if, if we talk about this year's draft classes, draft picks cards that we're using, right, to for the star stock market, but Ja. And Zion a little bit as well, and, and Luca. We're using their Prism PSA 10 as sort of a benchmark, and all Prism PSA 10s of modern guys have got crushed. Even Luca's have. Yep. So, I, and I guess I'm, I'm curious. I, I do believe that the modern market is going to find uh, a floor, a, a level of support, and then kind of trend back up. Because, uh, well, I'm curious actually. Let me flip that on you, Cage. Are you worried about the modern Prism market at all? No, no, um, especially because I just don't think there's that much population coming back from PSA. Um, you know, I think that the, the, they've really kind of slowed that spigot down a little bit, and a lot of people graded like crazy, and it's just not there. But we talked about this before. I mean, I think it's just like Ja and Zion are cyclical week to week. I think the cards are cyclical. And if you really, guys, if you're sitting out there with modern cards, and you're like, God damn it, I got I to gotta get out of this hobby because my cards are all going down, just take a step back and take a breath for a second and realize – just go back a year, right? If you go back exactly a year ago when COVID was starting to be talked about, right? Go back exactly mm-hmm. a year ago, modern took a hit. Modern took a hit. It did. And and a year ago, I think it was February, March, late February, early March. I'll, I'll I've I've said this to you guys a bunch of times, but we get new users, new listeners all the time, right? New new folks all the time. So so during in that run up to COVID, I purchased for twenty five hundred dollars. $2,500. I got an SGA silver. These are all PSA 10s. Three cards for $2,500. An SGA silver, a tray red, and a Luca silver for $2,500. Okay? So so take a step now, and what's that worth? They're all down, but are they worth – is it worth 8X of that? I mean, I, I mean, how much is that tray? Five, 7000 How much is that Luca? 7000 How much is that SGA? 1000 I mean, what is it? That twenty five hundred is worth what fifteen thousand dollars now on its worst day. It was worth more than that. So 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 first things first, year over year from where we were last year, we're already significantly better than where we were. So so just for a second now, are we as good as where we were in August or September or October? You name it. When when the the basketball modern was at its height, no. But carry now through the rest of the year, we saw vintage basketball start to to go up in March, April, May. Well. We saw soccer go up with Mbappe. We saw Pokemon go up. We saw all these things go up, right? But after Modern was down, vintage basketball at that same time was starting to go up, right? They were running in, in circles. So vintage basketball went up, all right? All the way up through August, all right? And vintage basketball hit its peak. And then what happened after that? Pokemon hit its peak. And what happened after that? Modern basketball started to go back up again. Because people were making their money. They're taking their profit off the table. They thought that was the end of the run for vintage basketball. That was the end of the run for Pokemon. And they started putting their money back in in, in regular modern basketball. Because the playoffs were ending, you know, the bubble, you name it, the whole deal. So guess what's going on now? Vintage basketball is going crazy again. Okay? People are back in that, you know, Michael Jordan. People are looking for Julius Irving. 
the the Dominique Wilkins cards was twenty something thousand dollars. Hakeem Elijah. I mean, you name it. If you have a vintage basketball card right now, it's it's five x where it was last year, easy. And that's five x where it was the year before, right? So so you're talking about huge huge increases on these cards. So what do I think is going to happen next? Exactly the same thing that happened last time. The vintage went up. People took their money out of vintage. People had this extra money, and they turned and they said, "All right, well, I just made five x on this card. I just cashed out all this money on on LeBron, or I cashed out all this money on on on, on whoever else. I'm going to put that money in. Listen, I'm going to tell you a perfect example, right? So I am a Carmelo Anthony fan. I have a 2003 Topps Chrome Refractor PSA 10 of Carmelo that I paid beautiful card. I paid three hundred dollars for it, right? One sold last night for like six grand. Jesus. Okay. I'm going to sell that. Right. And when I get my 5000 or $6,000 from that, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy a bunch of jaw. And that's what's going to buoy the prices. People are taking money off the table that they are getting from these other unexpected areas. And it's no, I'm not going to roll it into an expensive vintage card because that doesn't make sense. I'm going to look at where the, where the prices haven't gone up yet or in some, in some instances where they've gone down. Put on, right your, now. put on your Warren Buffett hat. So we need to have, uh, we need to create a term for this. Maybe you'll, you're good at naming stuff. It's clear that Luca, Zion, Ja, and Trey are like the four-headed modern monster, right? The four-headed modern monster. Maybe that's the name. Which of those today, you know, because it doesn't matter that a Luca's 1,400 or Ja 600. really doesn't matter. It's the return that you're going to get when mm-hmm. you buy in. Yep. Rate those four guys for me in terms of potential return from now, the next 90 days. You said Luca, Trey, Zion, and Ja, right? That's unless the... you you would have unless you have a different four-headed modern monster, but I think it's clear cut that those two those four are the are the guys. Yeah, I mean, give it give it a couple months and people are gonna put Lamelo in there. Um, by the way, I, I I undercut that guy. I mean, and I'm a Hornets guy, and you know I'm a Devontae Graham fan, so. It, Became difficult to be a fan of his. I do think we're already seeing basically like the ceiling on him. I don't think I don't think they have any improvement out of where he is. But he, oh, he looks really good. Yeah, he looks really good. You think you've seen the ceiling? Yeah, I think we. I think this is what what you see is 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 ultimately this is it. I don't I don't think you're ever going to get more. I mean, the guy's scoring thirty points a game with you know eight assists and seven rebounds or something like that. You know, what I mean, that's not his average, but in the last couple of games where he started, he's filling the stat mm-hmm. sheet out. I mean, I don't think you're going to see him. You, him, you can't teach vision. You can't teach vision. He has one of some of the best. You know what I mean by vision, not eyesight. Like I'm sure they all have 2020 eyesight, except for Jameis Winston. But like I'm talking about actually seeing the court, seeing the angles, getting to like a lot of basketball is vision. So I, I don't know if that makes sense. I could go into it. It detail. does. It does. You know. And, and I predicted Lamelo being rookie of the year, the best rookie in this class. I predicted that if you guys go back to uh, our NBA season preview episodes and all that. But Cage. The four-headed modern monster. Rate them for me in terms of the best investments in the next 90 days. Yeah, so I would have to do a little bit of research into where they've been, where they've gone. Um, Trey has taken a little bit of a hit. So um, I got to tell you, I mean, to me, of those four, I I would still say Luca. I mean, Luca's down from 2,000 to 1,400, right? Um, and I think Luca, of those guys – has the best chance to, you know, potentially be the next great thing of all of those guys. But we're talking um, 90 days, remember. So if it's a 90-day turnaround, I, I'm, I'm still going to go with Luca because I think he's got a shot at, you know, making the playoffs. And 
if I'm selling it in 90 days as they approach the playoffs, all right, I'm taking Trey out of the equation because the Trey's not going to the playoffs, right? I don't think Trey's cards are going to see any kind of an appreciation at all as we approach playoff time. Um, the other three guys have a shot at the playoffs, but I don't think that any of the other two teams have a shot of really making noise in the playoffs. I don't, I don't think Luca has a shot of making noise in the playoffs either. But I think as his team heads towards the playoffs, there's going to be, you know, you're talking about buy the hype, sell the news. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's going to be that uh, talk of him making the playoffs and doing some good stuff at the playoffs. That's going to be a bump for that card. You know what I mean? People are going to look at it and say, all right, you know, this card was $2,000 when he didn't do anything. If he makes the playoffs and actually wins a series, 2000 seems like a bargain. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, that's the deal on it. Also, I got to tell you, the part of the equation that none of, none of us ever talk about is the potential downside on these things. I think they all have downside. We've seen already with Trey, and I think there's continued downside on the Trey cards just because they were run up so much. There's obviously downside on, on Zion and Ja. Because if they have early exits from the playoffs or don't make the playoffs, their cards will go down. I think that the Trey has already seen probably the um, that the Trey the Luca has already seen the maximum downside. Like I don't see that card going below a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? I don't see it losing, you know, more than you know twenty percent of its value. Whereas the other ones, I could see them taking more of a haircut. Now, obviously, that wasn't what your thought was. Your thought was, you know, which one am I going to invest in to make the most money? But the other side of the equation has to be taken into account also when you're thinking about what to buy. It's what's my downside risk. And I also think Luca has the least downside risk of the four of those guys. Which of their respect? So what's cool about this is so the East is really interesting. Uh, the, yep. the East is very top-heavy, Sixers, Bucks, Nets, Celtics. And then the fight for the six, seven, five, six, seven, and 8 seed is really wide open. So the Hawks at an 11 and 12 record right now are sitting in sixth place. And they're one game out of fifth place. And more than likely, a 500 team in the East is actually going to get uh, maybe a five, six, or seven seed. However, in the West, the West is much more tightly. Uh, the battle for the six, seven, like the Suns are in fourth place with a 13 and nine record. Spurs are in fifth place with a 13 and 10. Nuggets, believe it or not, are in sixth place with a 12 and 10. Trailblazers are 12 and 10. Warriors are 12 and 11. Kings are 12 and 11. Houston are 11 and 11. I could, and then we're going to get to the Grizzlies who are 9 and 9, Pelicans 10 and 12 on a three game winning streak, though. And the Mavs are in 14th place in the West with a 10 and 14 record. So my question actually is at the trade deadline, which of those teams is, is going to add and which team is going to be a buyer, which team is going to be a seller? And I, I'm curious, do you think the Pelicans? are a buyer because I think this is a team that could win now with a really interesting piece that if they add to the puzzle. So I'll answer the question. I think the Pelicans might be a buyer. And I actually had the, I had the the thing on mute, but I like, I like the Pelicans. I do, but I don't think they're doing anything in the real playoffs. I think, I think you're, you're talking about, are they a buyer? Sure. Um, They don't really need to upgrade their roster. Their roster is just young and not good enough to compete with the top teams. Even if they are a buyer, it doesn't make a difference. They're, the, the reason why Luca's got a shitty roster, but Luca alone showed you that he could beat a top team by himself, especially right. in a short series, right? So, 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 you know, maybe they're a buyer. Maybe they had somebody. Maybe KP stays healthy enough where they can win a first round playoff series. I don't see the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, definitely not the Hawks. I don't see them winning a first round series, no matter what. 
Because even if they happen to get into the playoffs, they just don't have the horses right now. Now, next year's a different story, right? You know, the top teams get a little older and they get a little, you know, more mature, these, you know, the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. You know what I mean? They're, you know, I just don't okay. see them. Not. The Pelicans had a, um, a guy that comes off the bench that could give them 20 points a game, right? Yep. Which one of the top three seeds are they beating? Are they beating? Oh. Uh, are they beating a Lakers team? No. Uh, you know, I would say they could get into a four or five seed if they get a score, because of how tightly they're all that close in the West. That's what makes it crazy. Do you think the Pelicans? So, so I'll, I'll just we'll, we'll the Pelicans are the Tyler Hero coming off the bench as a six man. So would, they add a score. So you yeah, they really need the, a shooter and a score. Lakers. Just go through the top teams. Which which one of the 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 which? So we're putting what are the three teams that you're putting above them? Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets. Well, I mean, like Jazz. I mean, you can put them in a four or five seed. I mean, there are teams that are head and shoulders better than them, even if they add three people. The Spurs right now are a five seed. Yeah. And the Pelicans would smash the Spurs if they got uh, a score off the bench. Right. So the Spurs are a five seed. The I Nuggets. don't think the Spurs, but I mean, we're the pretty Nuggets, young, we That's a tough matchup for the Nuggets. If the Nuggets get a four or five seed and they uh, face the Pelicans. Okay. I, I think the Nuggets destroy the Pelicans. But, I mean, look, it is what it is. I don't think no, they have but it. But I'm talking – but the, we forget that the trade deadline's coming up. And I don't yeah. think the Grizzlies are adding anybody. I don't – like, maybe they will. I, they don't seem like they will. I think the Mavs and the Pelicans are going to be the two biggest movers at the trade deadline. All right. Well, I guess we'll see. But, I mean, listen, and that's a cool thing, right? If they do and they add somebody, you would think that maybe that adds some value and some steam to Zion. Listen, so so you add, the, Zion. you add the 90-day stuff in there. I'm not a huge modern guy just because, to me, the prices were always so high anyway on Zion and John. Those guys, I have, you know, I have – I have one base prism, 10 of each one of them. That's it. They, they weren't guys that I collected. It wasn't my style of collecting. You know, I was always looking for a guy who was cheaper, who could, you know, go up a lot in price, not the guy who was already ex- expensive to start. Um, you know, it's a different story now. But I always said Zion is the guy who could turn into, not not in 90 days, but could turn into this generation's guy. You know Let what me I mean? This, Let me propose something to you. And, and this might not happen. Conrad is way better. We should get Conrad back on. But, like, J.J. Redick and Lonzo Ball for Bradley Beal. How dynamic does that team become? Yeah, I just, I mean, I don't see that happen unless they give up like a draft pick or something too. Um, but that's a pretty good haul. That's not a bad haul. And you give it a, you know, a draft pick this year, a draft pick next year. I don't know, man. Uh, the NBA the trades are so weird. I mean, like, you know, Derek Rose is a great player. can still contribute. Why, why are the Knicks going? I guess the Knicks got to get something. I have no clue right? why the Knicks picked them up. That makes so, zero sense. I can never understand, you know, how, how the stuff works and who trades for who and, you know, who's, gonna, who's a buyer and who's a seller. It's just, it's just crazy. But, but the point that you're trying to make is a valid one, which is you have to look at the team, right? You have to look at, you know, it's not just Zion. Zion's great. He's dunking. He's filling the stat sheet. But, but if they add a scorer, that, even though Zion's still Zion, that adds to Zion's ability to, to you know, to move into the playoffs to become a winner and, and it'll add value to his cards. Sort of like what happened with Hero last year, right? I mean, Hero was on a team that made waves and played in nationally televised games and, and made it to the finals and, you know, and, and uh, his cards saw a significant increase because of it. So I get it. Um, Zion is he's dominating 
and he has two of the worst shooters in the NBA as his backcourt. So I like it. So Ja is oversold. You could say Zion is is sort of oversold. Talk to me about. I think Zion's the best investment. I think Zion is from this point on, and it's a bit of a gamble because the trade deadline is March 25th. Yep. Um, But I think that Pelicans team is one trade, one move away. And don't forget, do you know who the GM of the Pelicans is? No idea. Griffin used to be the. um... Did they change it? No. No idea. Oh, no. It's uh, what's his name? Uh, Griffin, GM of the Pelicans. He's the GM, or you know how they changed David Griffin. He he's now the general manager of the Pelicans. But so what else? What else he, stuck he out for you? The Cavs team. He built the Cavs team with LeBron, the one that um, led to the the one that he won the NBA trophy with. So what what else sticks out for you as um, interesting stuff on the star stock data that we got? I mean, let's go through it really quick so that we have it for these guys. No surprise, basketball is about 60% of the sales. Baseball's moved up to 25%. Football is under 20% for the first time in a while, which here we are, you know, the day after the Super Bowl. So that that shouldn't be a surprise. Baseball's moving up. We talked about that last week. And and the top five brands by sales, number one was 2019 Tops Update, baseball. People are buying baseball, right? And then 1920 Prism Basketball. You got Prism Draft Picks Basketball. And, um, you know, it's by sales, by value, the Pelicans, the Hawks, the Grizzlies. I mean, none of this should surprise anybody. Um, top five teams by sales and top five teams by uh, by sales count and value. The Hornets make it in there. And the Hornets are number one by count. People are buying their Lamellos. People are buying their Lamello cards, I right? Mellow. I think Hornets have a lot of prospects. They have a lot of really good kind of second-tier talent. Like Devontae's really good. Miles Bridges isn't bad. P.J. Washington's not bad. Mellow's another one, but do you know what made up a lot of those sales? Though you just named a bunch of guys, right? And so there was almost a thousand uh, purchases of Hornets guys. You named Lamelo. I named Lamelo. You named some big numbers, but those like yeah. So you are right that it is a penny stock trading platform because the guy who actually drove the numbers for the Hornets coming in at, at at over a quarter. One, oh, more than one out of every four Hornet purchases. We're not Lamella. We're not Devontae. We're not Rozier. Not Bridges. Not PJ Washington. Malik Monk, who when when Terry Rozier was out with an injury, this he came in and had like a thirty something point game. Which you know, Monk. I watched more Hornets games than anybody who's he's a who's related guy, to Hornet. You know? He's he literally so shoots every time he touches the ball. But when he's on, he's on. He's very aggressive. So, but it's funny because it just tells you that, right? Like, you know, I guess Nasir Little might have had a good game because almost 500 of his cards sold. Keldon Johnson sold. Um, how about this one? Devin Smeltzer. Do you even know who that is? I, I, that's hilarious. I, um, <laughs> I looked him up. He's a pitcher from Voorhees, yeah. actually, 20 minutes away from my house. He's from Jersey, right? But he's, he, but he's, I, I think he's potentially making the team, but he's going to be like a middle relief guy, like the long relief guy for the Twins. So I don't know. Did did the Smelter family, you know, stumble upon uh, Starstock and buy all the cards up? For, you know, I mean, who knows? But yes, the number two by sales player by sales was Devin Smelter this week. Pretty crazy. So I, I don't know. if Somebody thinks he's going to turn into a you know a starting pitcher. Somebody thinks that's a place to put your money. But there you go. Devin Smelter is uh is your guy. And how about the top performer? Who was the top performer this in the NBA Emerging 30 Index? I'm glad you went there. I'm glad. Please. I want to talk about those guys. Um, cool. so, I think 
OG is super interesting to me. OG is someone who I think has a ton of potential, but because of a kind of like a clogged up roster, you don't know who's the superstar on that Raptors team, right? Yep. Uh, OG, OG Anunobi, 30% increase. I, I, I think that's because he had a few good games last week, but then he got injured. So I think he's actually going to be a sell this upcoming week. I want to talk about – I'll skip over Kobe White because, to me, he's a non-factor. Uh, Kobe White is the, is the best day trade play on this platform. You think so? Zero. Yeah, I'm telling you. Literally, you just, just, one you just listen to our episodes, right? One week he's down, one week he's up. One week he's down, one week he's up. So, I mean, this is a guy, you know, right now I'd be selling his stuff because his prices are up. Next week we'll probably see Kobe White on the, on the, on the decrease. And then next week you can buy him, and the week after he'll be on the increase. Because <laughs> that's just the way it's been every week we've done this. I would say something that I want to talk about is so do you know what happened with Tyler Hero last week? No. They moved him to back to his six man role. So early on in the season, they tried him at point guard. And that was a big change for him because he's 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 typically like a pure scorer, a Devin Booker type of player. And they, they moved him into the starting point guard, which is just a different role. That's tough. And he didn't rise to the challenge at all. And then Spolstra, you know, Butler came back. Uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Goran Dragic was back from injury. They had a whole slew of people injured. They moved Tyler Hero back yeah. to a six-man role. Now, it begs the question, one, does a six-man really demand premium prices in the modern card hobby? Two, has there ever been a six-man as swaggy as Tyler Hero? The answer is yes. And third, you know, what are the long-term prospects for Tyler Hero? Is that temporary? They're going to give him another shot at point guard. I personally think he's a sixth man. I, I just think that's his style. That's where he's going to fit in for his career. Is is the same thing Michael Porter Jr.? Yes, in my opinion. But I think Michael Porter Jr. has more potential. So are you off the Tyler Hero, who, who, you know, hype train? You know the answer to that question, but you're trying to make me look like that, okay? Uh, I've been off the Tyler Hero hype train for a long time. I did. I gave you guys the buys in early August. I gave you guys the time to sell. Uh, I gave you guys the time to resell when Modern hit a high. Um, yeah, because Jamal, you literally Crow. were Tyler Hero's biggest fan. So no, what's I funny wasn't. about this? If you, if you listen to this, like we when we started this thing. We're less than seven months into this podcast, guys. It's amazing how many of you listen to this, and we thank each and every one of you. But when you started this, you would have thought that I was Devontae Graham's brother-in-law mm-hmm. and that you you know, used to date Tyler Hero in college. I mean, that's how we started this off. But, guys, we don't it's an important lesson. Ladies together, we date. Okay. It's, an important, it's an important lesson, right? It's an important lesson that, that – and like a Seinfeld episode, we bring it all back, right? So, so Andrew started this off talking about taking a class in penny stocks, taking a, a class in values, taking a class in and how to prepare for it, right? And how to do your research and how to be nimble and how to move in and out of these things, set yeah. targets and, and you name it, right? So, so Andrew made his money on Tyler Hero, but he what he did was he watched him play and he watched enough footage. He watched and saw what his ceiling was and watched him in the playoffs. And the same thing with Devontae Graham. Then I watched the draft. So then bring LaMelo Ball in and said, this is a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Charlotte, we have a problem. And I sold all of them. And you sold all of them. And you tell people to sell these things. And I tell people to sell these things. So I guess the, the fun lesson on this is twofold. One, always do your research. Do your homework, right? You know, this is – I wish when I was in school, someone told me that my homework was going to be watch basketball games. 
but it really is for what you're doing now is watch the plays, watch the players, watch what their ceilings are. And what Andrew's telling you on this one is he thinks Tyler Hero is a, is a sixth man, a good sixth man, but six men are usually not cardboard relevant. Just ask Lou Williams, right? Nope. So, only, so only two and a half men are, are, yeah. are cardboard relevant. <laughs> so, and, but the second part of it is, 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 is don't get emotionally attached to this stuff, right? You mentioned this, right? So, so, yeah, it's nice that I could take a picture of my 473 Devontae Graham cards that I bought for whatever I bought for him. But there is a point where if you do the math and you see what the ceiling is and you see what they're selling for, you have to get out of those cards. You have to get out of that investment. You take your money and you move it into something that's a better spot for your money, that's going to make better money for you. And I think what you're saying is, hey, guys, I'm ringing the bell for the third time. I told you when to sell Hero. I told you the second time when to sell Hero. Mm -hmm. Here's a third time. If you're still holding them, get out. Remember my plays for Tyler Hero, too. It was the raw Tyler Hero. Yep. One, the silver Prism PSA 10. And the hoops uh, ungraded. Those are my three main Tyler Hero plays. And what's interesting about that is the raw card went from 20 to 60. But actually, the Prism PSA 10, just the base, went from like 200 to like 350. So the return wasn't even that great. And then the silver is actually the one that shot up crazy. That one went 400 to 1600. Yep. So uh, there is a little bit of learning the different vehicles that are associated with the player, right? Because it's not just one Tyler Hero card. There's the ungraded, graded version. I, I still have some raw Tyler Hero at PSA that is on a 20 day that it is what it is. But I did make some good money on Tyler Hero. I really did. And I would say, the train ride's done. There's other players that I would ride. <laughs> and they, they, you're bringing on yourself, man. Well, you're, you're well, making too make the Luca Nation laugh. So I could. <laughs> I will say, what surprised me is um, a lot of Carson Edwards sales because Boston's beat up. Yep. Uh, Jalen Brown's been injured. You know they call Kemba Walker cardiac Kemba on Twitter because <laughs> he just runs around the court. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure that's what they uh, – that might even go back to his days at, at UConn. Um, and, um, you know, where it was like the last-minute shots. It was always like him, cardiac, you know, like he'd give you a heart attack, right? Like, you know, you take the last-second shot. Also, speaking of UConn and speaking of, of, of sports, I was listening to yesterday's episode when I was talking to uh, – or two days ago's episode when I was talking to Darren and I talked about how I got into Ewing. And I think I said I watched Ewing at Villanova. I watched Ewing play Villanova. Not Ewing out. Ewing is obviously a Georgetown guy, so no one called me out on it. But I, I have to, I have to let the record, you know, be corrected there. I, I listen to it. I'm like, Ewing didn't play for Villanova. What the hell is wrong with you? Come on, Cage, get it right. Play for Georgetown. He's a Hoya. Yep. Um, but yeah. So listen, I love it. Anything else crazy on the star stock? I mean, listen, we we told you guys last week that they've increased their, um, you know, their 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 folks. I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, they, they did send an email out that said it's going to take six to eight weeks to get some stuff in. I will keep you all posted. Um, the last thing that I sent in was received by them on January 6th, and it has not been scanned in yet. So what does that put us? Right about a month. So I'm hoping that in the next week, two weeks, three weeks, you know, pursuant to their own, you know, timing guidelines. They were not fast pass stuff. They were not stuff, you know, there were there were a, a bunch of a bunch of varied stuff that I just hacked down in the basement. Also, don't go by me. I, I sent in it was like a package of like eight hundred cards. So it's gonna take a little while for them to scan those in. So, you know, don't don't hold mine as the one that's out there. But I'll keep you guys posted and I'll let you know what kind of, you know, what kind of grades they get on them as well. So we got that out there. Let me um, ask you also 
Somebody yeah. listened to our Star Stock episode last week and put a $15 offer in on my Marcus Mariota PSA 10 orange refractor that's worth like 60 bucks on eBay. And someone put the 15 bucks in. They sent me a message. They showed me a picture and they said, Hey, I, I put my, my Luca nation in. I put my $5 of Luca nation in. I got my $10 of Luca nation credit. Here's the $15 offer. And I accepted it. So somebody for $5 deposit got a Marcus Mariota rookie orange refractor PSA 10 on the star stock. Congratulations. By the way, I got two more of them. I got a chrome refractor and I got a purple refractor. Marcus Mario on a PSA 10. You would have a purple refractor. Send me an offer. Send me an offer. Mookie Betts is one of the highest value sold players. He is fourth top values by top play, top five players by sales value. How do you go into 2021 investing in a Dodgers lineup that's star studded to the max? Like you have Gavin Lux now, for example, but you could use it on any player. Is it dilution by talent? It's very difficult on the Dodgers, right? Because, I mean, you have so many people there. And look at their pitching staff now, too, although pitchers are irrelevant. You know, one of the craziest things about the Dodgers, I'm a Yankee fan, and I, I have no hopes for this season, is they won the World Series last year. They're bringing back almost the entire team, right? And their pitching was great, you know, with Walker Bueller and, um, and Clayton Kershaw. So, so adding to Bueller and, Ker- and Clayton Kershaw, everybody forgets this. <clears throat> last year, they signed... David Price, a Cy Young pitcher. But he didn't play because of COVID. And now they just signed Trevor Bauer, a Cy Young award winner. So that pitching staff is absurd. Like, if I'm the Dodgers, I go into the season, you know, expecting to win 90% of my games. They may never lose a back-to-back. They may never lose two games in a row for the whole season. It's just crazy. Their offense is just as good. I mean, their offense is crazy. And, and the tough part about that is, who do you invest in? I mean, they have multiple MVPs on their staff, right? Uh, on their, on their, in their offense. I mean, who, who do you invest in, and who is it going to be? I mean, does Mookie become the LeBron of that star-studded Lakers team? So, like, really, Anthony Davis cards haven't gone up. Montrezl Harrell cards, none of the other Lakers have really appreciated. But LeBron's have gone through the roof with the prospect of another championship. The team's doing so well. Is Mookie kind of does he separate himself from the pack, and people stop investing in Seager? But and they look at Mookie. Is that I a- like Mookie. I think Mookie's great, but Mookie didn't win the MVP last year, and Mookie had a great season. He's won the MVP before. Um, the National League is real, real crowded, and there are some young guys nipping at his heels. You're talking about Soto in the National League. You're talking about Acuna in the National League. You're talking about Freddie Freeman in the National League. You're talking about Tatis and Machado in the National League. You're talking about Bellinger on his own team, who already won one in the National League. Um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I, I, I could probably name five or eight more. Um, I think that um, while Betts is great, LeBron is the clear-cut best player in the league. I don't know that you can say that for Mookie Betts. He's up there. He's top top guy. But I think most people would tell you that Mike Trout is better than him, um, better player better overall player than Mookie Betts. So I don't give him the, the LeBron treatment, but look, his cards have steadily gone up, right? His cards are, 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 are they continue to go up. Um, you know, that, that, that top update of his, the tops Chrome of his, you know, they all continue to go up. There's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of different varied stuff that's out there, different, you know, ways to play him. But I've always loved Betts. 
I mean, I'm a Yankee guy and, you know, the two teams that I would never want to have him on, the Red Sox and the Dodgers, of course, where he goes. But you have to respect the guy. Um, he plays with a smile and he does a five tool. He plays a great defensive, you know, great defense in the outfield. You know, he seems to always come up with the big hit when they need to get at the home run. Um, he will definitely be in, in the discussion for uh, MVP. I can tell you, I own two of his tops update rookie cards. I'll most likely be selling one of them because I think they're like $800. I mean, I think just, and it's just talking about like a base card, right? I mean, that card early last year, you could buy it for $125, $130. So, you know, bro name it style. I'll hit my number. I'll hit my percentage and, and go. I, I had a lot of those and I sold them all for four or $500 last year. So obviously I could have made more. Another one of those examples, right? Of damn it. I sold too soon <laughs> and I regret it, but I love it. So there you guys have it. We brought you guys the biggest movers of last week. We brought you guys star stock data. We said, watch out for Zion and the Pelicans. If there's some trade deadline news and rumors, uh, Cage thinks Luca's still uh, head and shoulders above the other three modern marvels, as we call yep. them. Anything I'm missing? Tyler Hero's relegated back to his six-man uh, role. No, what am- I mean, listen, you know, baseball, right? If you're a Starstock person, you know, I'd be looking at baseball. I mean, you know, the Smelter thing is, is probably just the first of many of these that we're going to see. I, I would be right now, if I had the time and I was looking at where to go on Starstock, it would be, I would be doing exactly what you talked about with the penny stocks in the beginning pick a team, pick a couple of teams, go start reading the early fantasy draft stuff. Guys who could be sleepers, you know, go into Google right now and type fantasy baseball, 2021 um, sleepers, late round draft sleepers, guys who can make a team, you name it. And there, there are people you can be able to buy for nickels for, you know, for dimes on star stock. And if they happen to make the team, happen to make the club, you got a winner there. And what are you investing? Right. Pennies, nickels, dimes. And, uh, Obviously, there's plenty of that 2019 update baseball in there. Um, yeah, so that, that's what I'd be doing. Now, football's over, guys. And we didn't really talk about the Super Bowl, but kind of went kind of went according to plan. I thought the Chiefs would put up a little bit more of a fight, but uh, it's – I always look at it that way when it came, you know, sports-wise. The Super Bowl ended. Get ready for baseball. So, you know, you don't really have that much time to be ahead of people on baseball. Baseball's already started to be in people's minds, so – Get on Star Stock. Pick a guy. Pick five guys. You know, put some money in, only a couple bucks, and then maybe you'll maybe you'll hit on a uh, on a winner. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.